Welcome back, everyone, to episode eight. Episode eight? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what year it is anymore. <laughs> um, I'm Paige. I'm Sydney. And this is Life in Lit. Okay. Good say. job. <laughs> well, I was gonna say good job on the introductions because I realized that we haven't done that. We haven't done that in a while. I was like, yeah, it's like I guess yeah. we can edit so. that part out. Um <laughs> no, we're just, <laughs> just keep it all. Every time I listen to a podcast and they say edit it out, it's never edited out. So I think <laughs> we'll just, just roll keep with it. it. We're gonna roll with it. This week has been a ride and it's only Wednesday so yes this week we are going to continue with women's history month of course it's still March um and this week we're going back in time again like we started with Jane Austen and then we did a couple of the more modern authors so now we're going back to Louisa May Alcott in Little Women, one of my absolute favorites. It's a definite comfort read for me. And it's a classic. I Absolutely. feel like every girl has to read this book at some point in her life. Like yes. I remember I vividly remember reading it as a child in this giant hardcover pretty book. Um so yeah, I feel like it's just it's a classic. Yes, I have the five dollar Barnes and Noble version, uh, not as fancy, but it has a permanent place on my shelf because I can just read it time and again and instantly just feel comforted and relaxed. You know, it's a classic holiday read for me. I always want to read it around Christmas time. I'm not sure if it's because it kind of starts around Christmas time. But it's definitely kind of a holiday book and movie for me. Yes. I've seen it on a lot of holiday movie lists for the films. And then, like I was saying, I got the um, Audible version because it was a free download at Christmas time. So it was in their holiday section with, like, some free promos. Oh, cool. So it's not just me. (laughs) No, I think it's become an iconic... uh, yeah, Christmas time movie, and when I was rewatching it on Netflix a week or so ago, I put it on and I instantly felt like Christmas. So yeah, it's just one of those feel good stories. So before we jump into the plot, I did a little bit of research on Louisa May Alcott and her life. I mean, obviously, Little Women was based loosely on her life and her own sisters. But I wanted to do a little more digging to see what I could find out about her. Um, So it turns out that although in the book, her father's the one that goes off to to fight in the Civil War, she actually went off and helped in the Civil War as a nurse in the Washington, D.C. area, which I thought was really cool, um, until she caught typhoid fever and then she was sent home. That is cool. I didn't know... I didn't know that. Interesting fact. But I did read that a lot of this novel is based on like her real story and taken from her memories with her sisters. Um, right. Cool. She was also an abolitionist and her childhood home was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Yeah, that's so cool. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, good for them. I know. Yeah, that was so cool. They were, you know, what were they called? Station masters Mm -hmm. and uh, helped at least one individual on their, um, you know, long fight and long journey to freedom. So I thought I thought that was really awesome. Um, You know, I always loved her just because she wrote Little Women, but she's really a badass. (laughs) She made big moves and some big changes especially for a woman in that time Um, she was she would now be deemed as an early feminist which I think is evident in Marmy's character 
in Little Women because Marmy has that whole thing against corsets and how they need to raise themselves to be true to themselves and not just conform to society's expectations of them. So you can definitely you can definitely see uh, Alcott's views come to life through Marmy's character. Definitely. And also Joe, too. I think oh, yeah. a lot of that comes through. And Joe definitely was a the less typical female character for the time period. Um, yes, really groundbreaking. I, when I was doing some research, um, Louisa said that a lot of people would write to her as Joe or write or call her Miss March. And she's like, I never corrected him. Like I was, I was happy to be confused with that character or to be mixed up with that character. Um, So I just thought that was funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Um, I did a little fun fact research on her too. Yeah. Um, She wrote, they called them sensation novels. Ooh. under a male pen name but they're basically like steamy romance novels from Ooh, back in the day which I little... thought was so funny I'm like "Ooh, it's a little spicy right a little pulp fiction from Miss yes. Alcott over there <laughs> yes so I was like "Ooh, you go girl yeah. I love that <laughs> yeah and then I also read where she had um received like training and counseling and mentoring from some also well-known famous authors like Henry David Thoreau, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Nathaniel Hawthorne, and a couple others. Um, And she had gone and spent time out at Walden Pond, which is what um, I think Emerson had written about. So I just thought that was super cool. That is cool. I love that. I know it's later. She kind of, I feel like she and Jane Austen would have gotten along really well. You know, they were, you know, a century apart at least. But I just love the similarities there. But I also love that the male authors were mentoring her and accepting her as one of them in a time where it still probably wasn't very common to do that. Absolutely. And they could have very easily tried to like tamp her down or put her down so as not to interfere with their own success, but instead they encouraged her and helped her along. So I think that was really cool too. Um, And then she also was reported to, um, while she was spending time in Europe, she had romance with a man named Laddie Ooh, I didn't find this little tidbit. It's speculated that that is like who the Lori character is loosely based off of. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she never married, but that was just one of the, I think really the only time I ever saw romance or a boyfriend mentioned. So I just thought that was interesting. Oh, cool. So she really pulled from her own life there. I like that. Definitely. And I like to go deep into like Wikipedia pages and <laughs> yes. the deep recesses to find the little <laughs> little known facts and any anything I can find. Absolutely. Well, do you want to just jump into the plot of Little Women? Sure. Oh, I did before we do that. <laughs> you spoke about how she never got married. Mm-hmm. Um I did find a quote from her about about marriage, and I thought this was great. And she said, you know, when asked about marriage, if she would ever get married, she said, I'd rather be a free spinster and paddle my own canoe. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to oh. start using that at holiday parties and people ask me if I have a boyfriend yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd rather be a free spinster spinster and paddle my own canoe thank you very much (laughs) yes good for her exactly I just I love that quote I do too that's great and I love that yeah she was spunky enough to say that because back then and even now it's very much looked down upon about who are you dating 
Yes. When are you going to get married? That whole thing. Absolutely. We know the drill. So <laughs> yes. nice, nice to have a little zinger in our back pocket now. Absolutely. So jumping into the plot. One thing I like about this book is, you know, I love a good time period piece, you know, but it's not common that they take place during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that's kind of fun um, that it's based in America for the most part during the Civil War, which is, you know, I'm a huge history nerd, if you haven't caught on to that already. And the Civil War time period is one of my favorites. Cold Mountain, anyone? Um, uh-huh. So I love, I just love that it's during this this time. And the March family, of course, there's the four girls. Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy. And their mother, Marmy, who all live in Concord. And their father is off fighting with the Union Army. Take it away, Sydney. Okay. (laughs) Why are we acting like we've never done this? I was like, do you want to add in here? I don't, I don't know. I'm struggling today. (laughs) Bless the day. Um. All right. Well, then... No, I can take it away. I was just going to go through, like, the characters a little bit. I okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the movie part, because I got opinions on that. But, uh, um, yes, me too. Okay. Um, Fast forward okay. through the book. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, okay, we, we are for sure going to edit this part out. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I have my work cut out for me Friday night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. (laughs) Um, Yes, so the novel centers around this family, mostly the four sisters. The oldest is Meg, and Mm -hmm. she is labeled or thought of as the beautiful one. Um, I think she's 16 when the novel opens, and she's got very traditional values she's matronly towards the other girls she's kind of like a second mother to them and she is just very good I don't know like she doesn't like to to cause trouble too much yes um she doesn't really like to bring attention to herself yes and she doesn't want to rock the boat or anything too much um which is a contrast from joe the second oldest sister and she is very strong-willed she's stubborn um she's a bit of a tomboy and has a hot temper she's very outspoken and not afraid to go against the grain or or stand up for herself or other people and and challenge authority she And she wants to be a writer. She is a writer. She loves to write stories and plays that the girls will then act out amongst each other. And Meg is the big actress of the family, which is contradictory to her personality of being the quiet. She kind of wants to follow society's norms and fit Mm -hmm. in. But then she also doesn't want to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. She wants to not conform but then not bring attention to herself in doing that, if that makes sense. Yes. Whereas Joe likes to, you know, shout it out to the world that she's defying conformity and, you know, why yeah. should women wear corsets and just going on about it? So I think they're very good at balancing each other out. You know, Meg kind of brings Joe down to earth when she needs it. and mm-hmm. But then Joe encourages Meg to come out of her shell and speak her mind. Definitely. And that's what I love about all the sisters, which we'll get into the other two, but they are all very distinct and like different amongst yes. themselves. But then you really get to see their bond of sisterhoods come out. So the third sister is Beth, and she is 13 when the story begins. And Beth is just the sweetheart of the family. She is. She's very kind. 
Um, she's shy and rather quiet. She doesn't even go to school because she's like so shy and reserved. She plays the piano, so she's the musician of the family. And she is closest to Joe. Like they, those, the two of them really bond well together. Um, and Joe, I think with Joe being so outspoken and strong-willed and the total opposite of Beth that she really like looks out for her and yes. wants to, to be Beth's protector kind of. Yes. I think Beth would be best described as everybody's favorite sister, you know, because nobody really fights with her. The other three, they kind of have their things with each other. They have their arguments, mm-hmm. but nobody can fight with Beth. She's just too sweet. And understanding and kind and so I think deep down she's everybody's favorite you know like between Joe and Meg and Amy of course I think they all would say that Beth was their favorite sister because she's just a sweetheart definitely and then last up is Amy who is the baby of the family she's 12 when the story begins and she is the only sister that does not go by a nickname which I think is I don't know, just a fun fact, like, oh Beth, yeah, Beth is short for Elizabeth, and Joe for Josephine, and Meg for Margaret, whatever, and then there's Amy, who's just Amy. Um, yeah, I mean, but, like, how would you shorten Amy? True, but I just think it's, like, what's your nickname, Amy? <laughs> me. Her nickname is me, which is kind of fitting, because she is rather uh, selfish, Oh, yes. You can tell she's the baby of the family. Yes. And she is ba- She is the youngest, and they also baby her. They treat her like a oh, baby. Oh, my God. She's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. And she's very vain and, I mean, self-centered with that selfish. On the flip side, she's also driven and successful. Like, she's she practical. Is. Maybe that's a better word for it. Um, and then she's the artist of the family. Yes. I think she sees, you know, her three sisters and, you know, she wants to make her own way in the world and she wants to stand out for her reasons, mm-hmm. you know, being the baby of the family. Although I do find her annoying at first, you know, she, she does kind of have that obstacle to set herself apart from them and make her own way so you do have to respect her for that yeah and like it makes sense I mean yeah I don't I won't say I get it because I'm an only child so <laughs> I don't yeah. have siblings but I can understand how being the youngest of three girls you would feel the need to like try to stand out and to try to be different and you know what attention on yourself because you've got three other people competing for it so like I I get it girl I get it she gets a little bit better but (laughs) she yeah she does I will say that she does get better so that is like a solid synopsis of the four March girls and then in the novel they get a new neighbor which they have this kind of older gentleman neighbor who's you know, very strict and keeps to himself. And, you know, they see him as, you know, not a very fun person, especially Joe. Mm-hmm. And then his nephew moves in with him so that he can tutor him and get him ready to go off to school. And then Lori is introduced into their lives. And Lori plays a huge role in all of their lives. I love Lori. I love Lori's character. I love Lori too. How do you not? Like, is there anyone who among us who does not love Lori? Exactly. Lori is the ideal guy in the beginning. And then not so much. And then at the end, he is again. But (laughs) I mean, he goes through his character arc, you know? He does. He does. He does. But he and Joe hit it off pretty much immediately. They have a very, what seems to be, you know, brother-sister bond. They can joke together. You know, she can be herself around him. 
and he gets to let loose, you know, out of the confines of his uncle's house where he's being tutored all day and learning all these different subjects that Joe is very jealous of. You know, she wishes she could do that. But then Lori envies her position. You know, he sees her as being free. So then they can kind of be free together and they just have a great relationship. I love every interaction of theirs in the book and then on the screen adaptations that I've seen. It's very just like sweet to me and and I don't know, it gives that good vibe of perfectly encapsulating like that friend you have in your childhood that you go on all the adventures with and do all the things with. And I think it just really captures that bond really well. Yes, because they come from very different backgrounds. So you wouldn't think that they would get along, but they do. And they kind of bring out the best in each other. Definitely. Do we want to like continue with the book plot um how much do we want to go into the plot i mean why are we struggling i don't know because there's like (laughs) 500 things that happen in this book and it's like do you do every single one because i wouldn't like if people have never seen it or watched it which would just blow my mind then i mean they just need to get out yeah (laughs) why are you here you're in the wrong place you can't sit with us um (laughs) So they, you know, grow up together, whatnot. Yeah, Lori. they do. They're, Lori joins their little attic acting group, and mm-hmm. they really have this magical childhood together. But then comes the time that Lori is going away to school, and he's his uncle is sending him off to Harvard. So like we mentioned before, Joe is very jealous of this. You know, she wants to go. She wants to go learn everything, and be surrounded by the great minds at Harvard, but Lori feels the opposite. So he leaves and Meg, the oldest sister, ends up marrying Lori's tutor, Mr. Brooke, which is kind of the opposite life that she had envisioned for herself. She wanted to marry a man of fortune who could provide her a very comfortable life because she always talks about how she's tired of being poor and she wants to have all these beautiful things. But she ends up falling in love with Mr. Brooke and they start their life together. And I really see Lori leaving for school as, you know, kind of a turning point is he's no longer with them every day. They don't get to be children anymore Mm -hmm. and they start to live their separate lives. But then Lori graduates from Harvard and he comes back. And now Lori is a young man. You know, they're not children anymore. And Joe is a young woman. And when they come back, Joe, of course, expects it to be the same. You know, the same relationship, the same friendship that they had, despite all their time apart. But Lori comes back very different. And he ends up confessing his love for Joe in a very sweet proposal scene, I think. And she ends up refusing him. Because she doesn't feel the way she, the same way that he does about her. You know, she's always viewed him as an extension of her family and she loves him, but she's not in love with him in the same way that he is in love with her. She hits him with the like brother. <laughs> yes. She's yeah. like, I love you like a brother and not that's the kiss of death. <laughs> Yeah. No one wants to marry the brother. So you can come back from the friend zone. You cannot come back from the brother zone. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) So Joe refusing Lori's proposal is kind of the point in the book where they all go their separate ways and they all have their separate storylines now, in my opinion. And the romantic in me. I despise this. Like <laughs> yeah, I, I, I refuse to accept that they don't end up together. Even I know, I, I know. know, and like practically, yeah, you don't don't be in love with your best friend. That is a bad yes. bad deal. Like practically, I know that. Yeah, but but they would be so. On paper, they would be her. so good together. I know. I hate. Yes. 
unrequited love. I hate it. It's so painful. (laughs) Especially with this, because, like, Lori's such a likable dude. It's one thing, like... He's such a good character. (laughs) A little twerp who just can't handle an answer and is so annoying. But it's like, oh, you just love Lori so much. Yes. You just want them to be together. I just want Lori to be happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, Joe you know, turns down his proposal. We all cry for Lori. Mm -hmm. And now they all really do go their separate ways. You know, Lori goes off to Europe and is learning the business slash drinking away his sorrows. And Joe is like, I need something to distract me now. You know, I need to figure out what my life is now. And she had always planned on having this, you know, big, trip to Europe with their aunt who she always cared for but then Amy ended up taking over that you know caretaking position from Joe and right after Joe refuses Lori's proposal Amy comes to tell her that their aunt actually asked Amy to accompany her to Europe instead of Joe so Joe is once again like I don't know what I'm doing with my life now what do I do now So Marmy encourages her to go and live her dream in New York, which she's always dreamed of, you know, making her own way in the big city of New York. So she gets her a job working with a family friend and she goes off to New York. Yes. And I, I sometimes hate that there's always so much conflict between Amy and Joe because like, yes, they are definitely always kind of going at each other. Yeah, and, like, you want to be, or I want to be salty for Joe, but also, yes. it's, it's not like Amy campaigned to take that trip or, like, took it out from under her. It's just Aunt right. March asked her to go. So, it's just, it's interesting how they're always the two that are in such conflict. Yeah, they're always out. But, like eyes. you said, everyone loves Beth, so, like, you can't be mad at Beth. And yeah. Meg is so, off being married now, so. Right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she settled down Beth yeah. stays at home um, you know she's kind of the homebody and she helps around the house and she's actually pretty sick because she contracted scarlet fever during the war um, so she's you know weakened from having that and she stays at home so Joe goes off to New York and Amy goes off to Europe with Aunt March and is in charge of you know, teaching the children of the house in the position that her mother got her. But this also gives her more free time to discover herself and really focus on her writing like like she's wanted to her whole life. Mm-hmm. And she ends up meeting a German professor in New York, which I know, Sydney, you have feelings about this. <laughs> I do. That'll be a discussion for the movie section. Yes. Oh yeah. You best believe we will be going over both adaptations. Um yes. but you know, they all go their separate ways. We're gonna let you kind of discover their journeys along their separate plot lines. But after time in New York, Joe gets a letter from home that Beth has taken a turn for the worse. And Joe needs to return home. So she goes home. And this part always gets me. <laughs> because like you said, Joe and Beth always had this connection. They always had this bond. And Joe, of course, races home to be with Beth. Amy, unfortunately, can't return from Europe in time. But Joe is there when Beth eventually passes away, which I cry. Every time. Every time every I time. read it. Every time I watch either adaptation, I watch the old or the quote unquote old one with Winona Ryder last night, mm-hmm. bawled my eyes out at <laughs> Beth's death scene because she said, everyone always wants to leave home. They want to go away. And I don't understand because I love to be home. And she goes, but I don't like to be left behind. And oh, Aww. that part gets me every time. And she goes, but this time... I'm not the one being left behind. I'm going first. And I was like, oh my gosh. I hate it. (laughs) I know. It's so touching. And it's just, oh, to hear how she really felt, you know, that's 
it's heartbreaking. Um, and then, you know, they all lose Beth, which is just terrible. Um, and with that, Amy was not, so Amy's over in Europe. Yes. Um, with Aunt March, and she's not able to get home. Like, she also gets the letter that Beth is barely sick, and Aunt March won't let her go home unchaperoned which Lori is there like they've run into each other in Europe and they've kind of started to bond and spend more time together and so she can't go home alone but she also can't go unaccompanied with just her and Lori because that's not proper exactly scandal yeah the scandal (laughs) um so they've gotten quite close and Amy and Lori end up marrying before they return home. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did not love and that. Whatever. The first time, I mean, or any time, I, I have to warm up to it every time. I will never warm up to it. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I, I will kind of. <laughs> Just because, but, but I don't want to. <laughs> but I don't want to, and also, like, I still think it's wrong. But Joe had her chance. She did, and she and she made the right call. Like I said, like she knew that this was not the right thing for her. Yeah. But I also would be so salty if that was my sister, <laughs> oh, right. or even my like. It's like the it's like the unspoken code between sisters right? and best friends. Like you do not. And Amy didn't no even way. ask her yet. She just came. She's like, "Oh, is it all right? Are you cool?" Yeah, it would. She asked zero for hundred rather yeah. than permission. That's what she yeah. did. Which, like, you know what, you go, girl. But also, I kind of hold a grudge against you for it. That's what I mean. Like, Amy knows what she wants, and she's gonna get it. And yeah, who, who cares about these other people? So yes. So they come home and announce their marriage, and Joe who is a much bigger person than I am is happy for them. <laughs> yeah. She's like shocked, but then she's she really... shocked, but then she's like, no, I really am happy for you guys, you know? And I can somewhat get on board with it because I'm like, you know what? <laughs> if, if Joe was the least bit salty about it, I would also be salty, but I'm like, you know what? She's cool with it. I'm gonna let it go. Lori's, got him a girl he's mm-hmm. still in the family mm-hmm. yeah so now we've just proven that everybody's a bigger person than pages because i will <laughs> never accept it <laughs> but a little bit after beth's death joe ends up writing her own novel little women and sends it off to her german professor in new york And he sends it back to her and he had found a publisher for her, making her an official published author, which I think is just very sweet. What a sweet move by him. And he brings it, you know, he delivers the package himself and he proposes to her. Mm -hmm. So Joe ends up with her German professor, which of course we'll get to in the movie section, as Uh (laughs) Sydney says. Uh And then... (laughs) Joe finds out that, you know, Aunt March is not coming back from Europe. And so because she denied Joe the Europe trip, <laughs> Aunt March leaves Joe her enormous, you know, mansion. And everyone's like, you know, Joe, what are you going to do th- with all this room? You know, what are you going to do with all of this? And Joe decides to make it a school with um, her German professor. His name is Bear, mm-hmm. which I think. German professor is better than Bear. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and you know, that's how that's how it all ends. You know, they all live happily ever after. Um, well, except that. But, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I guess. Oh my gosh. Asterisk. That was so horrible. <laughs> Asterisk. <laughs> Not bad. Um, yeah. Oh, but, <laughs> I just think that needs to be on the board or on the quote or something. They all live happily ever after. Asterisk. 
down below except for Beth. <laughs> Yo, man, you just said it so like straight face. Well, it hit me right after I was like, we literally just talked five minutes ago about how Beth died. So they didn't, <laughs> they didn't all get there, you know, happily ever after. But <laughs> a very happy ending, which we all love and need yeah, every now and then. It's satisfying. It's it all is. wrapped up in a bow. You know how, you know. Yeah, there's you no know how every, Exactly. That's why it's a comfort novel. Exactly. Like, That's why I love to read it around Christmas. And, you know, you get your little bit of real life with Beth's death. And you get your moment to cry, but then she comes back and, you know, makes it a very happy ending for everyone. <laughs> so with that being said, I think we need to discuss the two different movies. The two most popular versions of this is yes. the Winona Ryder Little Women, and then the Saoirse Ronan Little Women, which was, you know, just came out a couple years ago, directed by Greta Gerwig. Which, on an interesting note, so, obviously, these are the two that I'm familiar with. Yes, Um, me too. Those are the only two I've watched. I will freely admit that. Yes, me too, because the 1994 version is obviously, like, the one that we grew up with. Oh my gosh. Makes me feel old. It's trying to... (laughs) Come in. Sorry, I was trying to do that quietly, but she's not like opening the door. We have a third co-host tonight, guest starring <laughs> Tilly Lay. Yeah, she wants, she demands to be heard and seen. So yeah, there's seven film ab- adaptations. Seven. Seven. Yes, oh ranging from a silent film back in oh. like the twenties. Yeah, no, thank and you. there's. A 1933 version, which stars Catherine Hepburn as Joe, which I will absolutely be watching. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. I love old movies. And yeah. And whole, like, that era. And it was directed by George Cooper, who directed, like, tons of movies from that, like, Hollywood golden age. So I didn't even know that that existed, but I'm definitely going to be watching no it. Clue. And then there are the two that we've mentioned and there's a few others in there that like you know whatever we don't really care about because so i just 1994 or 2019 exactly so i googled the katherine hepburn one and i like how the cast list on the google like the top part of the google page mm-hmm. it's all everyone's like hollywood headshots you know black and white and then there's old katherine hepburn like <laughs> Like, they couldn't have done it. They did, they did her dirty. Yeah, they yeah. did her dirty. <laughs> so That's great, though. <laughs> speaking of that, I've got some opinions on the 1994 How Things Were Done Dirty. Okay. So oh, jump do into tell. That. Well, okay. First of all, all-star cast. Yes. All of them. Winona Ryder, Claire Danes, Kirsten Dunst, Susan Sarandon. And then you've got Meg. <laughs> Who is supposed to be? I was about to say, and then Meg. <laughs> the supposed to be the like beautiful one. I don't even know who that girl is. I looked her Wikipedia page she up. Is she beautiful. doesn't. No, she is. <laughs> Sydney Lay. <laughs> Listen, I think that they just did her dirty with her costuming, but also, so I looked up her Wikipedia page. She doesn't even have a picture <laughs> on her Wikipedia page. <laughs> this actress, oh, like, oh my god! I know I'm Trini Alvarado, but I was like, who? Where did this come from? Literally, an all-star <laughs> cast: Christian Bale. <laughs> and the people also ask, "It's where's Trini Alvarado now? We need to know." <laughs> yeah inquiring minds would like to know (laughs) i like i have never seen or heard of her again (laughs) ever oh so you know i think i don't know i just hot takes with sydney tonight (laughs) i know i just don't i just noticed that on the rewatch i was like 
<laughs> who is this chick? Love in the Meg character in this. I... Like she does good in the film. It is just not yes. who I envisioned. And I'm like, they. Could've... I think she's the perfect Meg. See, we have very different opinions here. I think Miss Trini Alvarado was the perfect Meg. No, I don't know what she did since, but she did an excellent job of portraying this character. She, I, I agree. It's a good portrayal. It just is so, it does not fit the rest of the movie to me. And I just think it's Well, odd. she disappears in the second half. She gets married and then disappears. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's... And this one, I do think she has a much bigger presence in the 2019 movie. Oh, for sure. I mean, but I mean, it's also Emma Watson who yes. we love. So we'll get to that. Yes, we'll get to that one too. And then, yeah, I well, I texted you when I watched the 1994 version because it's on Netflix. So I watched it like last week or so, and I texted you at the end, and I was like, I just can't. My mind cannot accept that Joe, beautiful Winona Ryder, ends up with this crusty old man <laughs> instead of Lori. <laughs> like, I, I that's not the ending I want. That's no, not what I want. Listen, listen. Little Women is when I first fell in love with Christian Bale. He will, oh, absolutely. Christian Bale's Lori will hold a special place in my heart forever. And I still love him and I still have a crush on him to this day. Absolutely. But I recently rewatched it and 28-year-old Paige kind of has a thing for the German professor. No. I'm not going to lie. I think, yeah, I think he's no. cute. A man with an accent will get me every time. <laughs> and he has beautiful eyes. That's all I've got to say. Okay. okay, you know what? I'm judging you a little bit right now. <laughs> Listen, I'm judging myself, okay? I thought we would be on the same page with this. But... No, we've got to keep it interesting. Listen, and after like... after you turn 28, things change, right? <laughs> I guess not for me, because like, this dude is a good actor, and I've seen him yes. in other movies. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't want to marry him, but I would admire him from afar. See, I just looked at that. I'm like, there are so many other older I mean, they, men they could have picked. Like, they I would correct just... it in the 2019 version. I'm just gonna say. Oh, for sure. But I I appreciate what they did with the age gap there. I I agree. But he believed in her. She didn't love him for his looks, Sydney. She loved I him know. because he supported her. <laughs> Well, Lori would have too, is all I'm saying. That's true. He did also support her, but not in the same way. (laughs) That's true. Um, And then another fun fact that I only understood upon rewatch is that I think it was at, it's either at the very beginning or the very end of the movie. I don't remember. It popped up that it's, the film was dedicated to Polly Klaus, who was a girl from Winona Ryder's hometown of Petaluma, California, who was abducted and murdered. And it was this whole big, like, thing back then because she was literally at a sleepover with other girls around and, like, taken from the home. That is terrifying. Winona Ryder went and, like, advocated for her search parties and, like, tried to drum up support in the community because it was from her hometown and so I just thought that was so interesting because I knew that, that I knew that like Polly Klaus went on a writer connection, but I didn't know that there was a little women connection too. And yeah, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, the only reason I know is because well, I am a huge true crime podcast person. Yes. And so uh, my favorite murder, one of their hosts, Karen, is from Petaloma. So she talked about that as like her being her kind of formative hometown murder because it happened to a girl like similar to her age right in her hometown so I just thought that was so interesting but also cool that like I'm sure Winona advocated to put that in oh yeah absolutely touch so okay well what about the 2019 version what's our thoughts 
Oh, it was so good. It was beautiful. It was it stylistically was, Yes, beautiful. it was a beautiful film. So the 1994 is the OG Little Women for me. That was the first one I watched. It was the one I grew up with. It has a special place in my heart, you know. But Greta Gerwig's is just simply amazing. It is. I think it's more personally for me it's more emotional Mm -hmm. and I don't know I just feel like the 1994 is your comfort movie that you go back to and you can throw it on the TV but the 2019 version is the one you put on when you just I don't know need to feel something it's I don't know it is so that sounded really dark, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's like inspiring. Need, it's inspiring. It's if you need a good cry, we all need a good cry every now and then. That one is the one I would choose because I always say I cry in Beth's death scene, no matter which one it, I watch and I do. Mm-hmm. But oh my gosh, Greta, she I was literally sobbing in the movie theater when I saw it. Yes, and I love this interpretation of it. Yes, I love how it's very different. Yeah, she changes some things. Yes. I love Saoirse Ronan. Love her. Absolutely. I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. I think the changes, like, I well, I remember going to watch this because it it came out around Christmas, which, again, just circles the whole Christmas thing. But I went to see it with all my cousins and my grandma, we were in Indiana visiting. And so that was like our little girls day thing was that all the girls loaded up and went to see little women in the theater. Yes. And yeah, it was just so good. And so like impactful and made me cry. And the changes with Joe and Lori, like, mm, I loved it. But just her, like, kind of having second thoughts and writing a letter to him I was like oh my gosh this is all I wanted like <laughs> the romantic <laughs> this is how closure. yes I'm like this is how it should be this yes. is what I want and yes and so Timothy I do. Chalamet as Laurie oh my gosh yes I fell in love know, with him a little bit too for sure and I love the intentionality behind everything like I read that each of the girls had like a color scheme yeah and for their clothing and then there's one part where you can see that joe is wearing one of Lori's vests yes i love i love that yeah so like those little details i think are a lot more ingrained and intentional in this version and like stylistically i love this one a lot. Yeah, because it wasn't a linear plot line. Yes. Greta Gerwig's like the 2019. It's not a linear plot line as the 1994 is. And it changed, like the ending is a little bit different because like Joe and the professor it's not explicit that they like get married at the end. I think she was yeah. unmarried at the end. Like he shows up and they have like some positive interactions but it's not yeah intentional that they're married off because it more ends like with joe getting the house and then the meg and amy and she and the professor all teach there yeah and joe writes her novel but it's kind of left open-ended which i like that ending better. i love that ending because joe like the whole novel says how she's never going to get married and have children but then she does get married and have children. But then what Greta Gerwig did is, you know, Joe still, you know, falls in love with the professor, I think. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's open-ended. And then she changes the ending of her novel to, like, Joe changes the ending of her novel for the publisher so that the novel's heroine gets married and has children rather than Joe herself. So I thought that was a very clever, you know, way to change it. Definitely. But she doesn't, you know, completely change it. She doesn't do the the novel wrong or anything like that. 
she just leaves it up to your interpretation. And I would almost like to know, like, to, I don't know, if there was any way to find, or obviously sit down with Louise May, I'll call it long dead, but I would just love to, like, in heaven, know what her take is on this, because I wonder how much, if any of that was true, because I, it does seem kind of odd that the whole novel Joe's so independent, yet at the yes. end, she still kind of goes down the quote normal societal path which yeah part of me wonders like was that Louisa May Alcott you know envisioning being hopeful for health as well through her character or was was it really some sort of situation where an editor said okay I won't publish this with this unmarried woman so I don't know it's just interesting I... to- where you could, I could almost see that being a real life situation that yes. has been influenced. See, I, going off the earlier quote of, I'd rather be a free spinster and paddle my own canoe, I would say that Louisa May Alcott wanted to end it with Joe unmarried without children, but had to change it. That's the truth that I want to believe in because I think she had to end it to meet society's expectations and not maybe the way that she wanted to so I think she would be happy seeing how Greta Gerwig changed it definitely because like you said it still is very true to the novel and the whole overall themes it's just a little bit of a different take on it which also made it really refreshing because like we said, there's seven film adaptations. At some point, it's like, how many times can you do this? Right. But yet, she still found a way to make it modern and impactful and just beautiful. Like, it's a beautifully shot film and choreographed and all of that. It's... Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So, I'm going to put you in a really hard position. Mm. And I'm You're going to make me choose. Yeah, well, not... The well, I'm gonna make you choose the overall movie at the end, but I'm gonna make you choose which like actress for each character that you liked more. I know your answer oh. for Meg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've uh, we've established. Yeah. That. So, who's your favorite Meg? <laughs> um, obviously Emma Watson. I'm gonna go with the 1994. I knew you were. I um... just I loved her. <laughs> Listen, I res- I'm not listen, trying to be. I respect hate. your I just... opinion, but Trini Alvarado, I got you, girl. <laughs> oh, so we're not super podcast famous because <laughs> we would be getting all kinds of slander lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> we really would. <clears throat> listen, free speech. Um, <laughs> Joe, who's your favorite Joe? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Winona Ryder on that just because it's, okay. I, I don't know. I love her and I love that. I don't know. That's a hard call though. Cause I'll, it like is, Roman, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the OG. Okay. I'm going to go with Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel for, like there's no there's no wrong answer with Joe. Yeah, but yeah. I just love Sersha. Then what about Beth? Um, I'm gonna go with the OG Beth. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Claire Danes as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Amy, uh, Florence Pugh because I just love her. One hundred percent Florence. Absolutely, yeah. There, yeah. there, there no is no doubt. There is a wrong answer, which you know, respect to Kirsten Dunst and oh, for sure, whoever played her. But I, the older Amy, um, I thought she was way more annoying and she really had no redeemable qualities in the original. But I actually liked her when Florence Pugh played her, she gave her redeemable qualities and she made her more relatable. I really liked her. I totally agree. Like, you go in that's kind of what I liked about that movie is that you go in feeling a certain way about the characters and like the storyline and then she changes just enough that it felt fresh and yeah I mean I just 
Florence Pugh is awesome. So yes, we love you, Florence. And then Marmy. Um, I'm gonna say Laura Dern because I just love her too. Okay, I'm gonna go Susan Sarandon. I loved her, Marmy. That's she was fair. just so no nonsense. I just I don't know. I thought she was great. And then finally, there is a wrong answer here. Oh Lori. no. I feel like I'm gonna choose incorrectly then. Oh no, who are you gonna choose? Well No pressure. I'll just yeah, judge you. It's okay. This is the judgy episode. <laughs> um I'm gonna go with Christian Bale. That's the right answer. Oh, okay, Christian good. Bale. I was like, you're gonna roast me. No, I, I can pick. tell you were nervous. You were like, um, because well, I also, okay, like, Timothy Chalamet like, did a great job. I loved yes. him as Lori. I loved him. But there was just uh, Christian, Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, it's Christian, Christian Bale. Bale made the character. I loved seeing him. I mean, I think Timothy Chalamet's Lori had more screen time. And so you could see his character arc more than you could with Christian Bale. But that was, you know, not on them. Agreed. So, and yeah, I, we agree on that one. It is Christian Bale for us. <laughs> yes. I like the, like you said, like the, the Lori character in the 2019 is definitely more developed and more like interesting. Yes. But I mean, it's Christian Bale's Lori. That's what we grew up with. Yes. So. That's who I always picture. First, first person that comes to mind. Yeah. And then also like a fun fact, which I didn't even remember but I've got the Wikipedia page pulled up for the 2019 and Bob Odenkirk was their yes. father yes. and he went to SIU. So just every time oh, I hey. see that, I'm like, Ooh, hometown guy. I mean, yeah, not his hometown, but I was like, we went to the same school. So yeah, that's that's awesome. I don't even know who the father was in the old one. So, well, he, you know, maybe a minute and a half of screen time. So yeah. So not important, but <laughs> yeah so yeah okay we agreed on the most important one I think good yeah oh for sure I think we disagreed on everyone but Beth and Lori yeah Um, but I mean I feel like it's almost a draw with Joe because that's that's not cool yeah they have two very different shows very different shows for sure yeah but I love both adaptations and I will watch them forever definitely yeah so I think this wraps up Little Women, unless you have anything else you'd like to say. No. Um, if you haven't, for some crazy reason, either watched or read the watch the book. If you haven't either watched the movie or read the book, we did not spoil a lot. You know, maybe a little bit, but we left so much to be discovered if, if you want to go read or watch it now. You know, there's a lot that happens in the middle and a lot that happens in the novel that doesn't necessarily make it into the movie. So I highly recommend it. I love it. Definitely go check it out. And it's a good one. Like I look forward to, you know, hopefully having daughters one day and getting to read this with them and watch this with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, sons too, but I don't know. That's just feels like a coming of age type story. Yes. No, Exciting. make the everyone make your sons watch it so that they can be like Lori. Yes. <laughs> like, see, see this guy? Just do yes, that. And be, be like fine. him. Exactly. We need more Lori's in the world. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Or a German professor. Hey. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you liked this episode, and you feel like you want to watch or read Little Women now, uh, give us a follow on Instagram at Life and Lit Pod. And if you want to further discuss Little Women with us, feel free to message us on there or email us at lifeandlitpod at gmail.com. And please be sure if you like the podcast, share it with your friends. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave us a review because that is how we can help 
reach new listeners and get our name out there. But we really have loved getting to like interact with everybody on social media. So don't be shy to reach out if you want to talk more books with us. Absolutely. We will be back next week for the final week of Women's History Month. Wow. I can't believe March is almost over. I know. I, I feel like January was like five years long and now March has just absolutely flown by. Yeah. That's how it, yeah, that's how it is. January always feels like it takes forever and then the rest of the year flies by. It's crazy. Yes. So we'll be wrapping Women's History Month up next week with two nonfiction books. So we're excited to get back on that track. Absolutely. We hope you join in and until next time, happy reading. Happy reading. Mm -hmm.